MSW Media. Thanks to our new sponsor, Factor. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. And a big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Today, E. Jean Carroll takes the stand in her rape and defamation suit against Donald Trump. Walt Disney has sued Ron DeSantis for First Amendment violations. Transgender lawmaker Zoe Zephyr is barred from the Montana House chamber. Fox News executives have an oppo file on Tucker Carlson. Steve Bannon's co-conspirators in the We Build the Wall scheme are sentenced. Founding member of the Fugees, Praz Michelle, is convicted on all counts. And Trump's lawyers rail against the Department of Justice in a letter to Congress. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Whew, lots of news today. Uh, as you know, Dana's out for the next two days, and then we are out all next week, although there will be an episode of Jack on Sunday, and there will be an episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45 on Wednesday. So we will be there next week doing that, and so probably any news that you want to hear about will end up in one of those two shows. Today, House Republicans have passed a bill in Congress that cuts veterans' health benefits, veterans' health care, education, meals on wheels, public safety, police. It takes away health care for millions of Americans. It sends manufacturing jobs overseas while they fight to extend the Trump tax cuts for the wealthiest and profitable corporations. Now, President Biden will never force middle class and working families to bear the burden of tax cuts for the rich like this bill does. But it did pass the House. It won't go anywhere in the Senate. And the president has made clear that this bill has no chance of becoming law. But it is, uh, you know, worth noting that uh, all Republicans in the House, well, except for four, voted today to cut veterans' benefits. And I mean, it, it cuts everything, but they don't care about veterans. Uh, and I'll be taking that argument to the Hill this weekend. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Uh, later in the show, I will be joined by Jesse Frieden, he is the creator of Are You Okay, a trans visibility project. Absolutely wonderful discussion. I can't wait for you to hear that. In the meantime, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from the Times, content warning here. E. Jean Carroll testified in a Manhattan courtroom today, relating a harrowing story of being raped by Donald Trump in the mid-90s. Uh, as a former president who has declined to attend the trial, railed at her on social media, which infuriated the judge overseeing the case as it happened. Ms. Carroll's wrenching testimony stood in sharp contrast to the former president's postings, in which he called her case a made-up scam and a fraudulent and false story, and led the judge, Lewis Kaplan, to suggest Trump was improperly trying to influence the jury. Mr. Trump's lawyer said he would have a conversation with his client. As that happened, by the way, Eric Trump also tweeted, retweeted, what Donald Trump had said. And then as soon as the judge said, you know what could happen here, 
you could be violating some stuff. And then Takapina said, I'll talk to my client. The Eric Trump tweet came down, but the Donald Trump truths, I guess, stayed up. This is the second day of the trial in the lawsuit by Miss Carroll against Trump brought under a new New York law that allows sexual assault victims to sue the people that abuse them, even if the statute of limitations has long expired. Trump vehemently denies the allegations. This is from Eugene, and this pretty much wraps up her case in a nutshell. I'm here because Donald Trump raped me, and when I wrote about it, he said it didn't happen. He lied and shattered my reputation, and I'm here to try to get my life back. And just sending all the love to our friend Eugene, by the way. Super brave. Miss Carroll told jurors she ran into Trump at a Manhattan department store where he suggested she try on a bodysuit, a teddy, in the lingerie department and coaxed her into the dressing room. She said he immediately shut the door, shoved her against the wall, and assaulted her. That was the moment, she said, that her romantic life ended. If I meet a man who is a possibility, it's impossible for me to even look at him and smile, said Miss Carroll. Ms. Carroll's lawyers are asking the jury in a federal district court to find Mr. Trump liable for battery and defamation, and if he is found responsible, to award monetary damages. Ms. Carroll, who's 79, a former magazine columnist, said nothing publicly about the encounter for decades before publishing a memoir in 2019 that accused Trump of attacking her. It's very common. I didn't talk about my rape for over a decade. Ms. Carroll testified that she told two friends about the attack right after it happened. Lisa Birnbach, Um, one friend told her she'd been raped and that she should report it. A second friend, Carol Martin, told her not to tell anyone because Trump had hundreds of lawyers and was very powerful and would bury her. Now, Judge Kaplan pressed Mr. Takapina to say whether Trump would testify in person after he said the defense intended to play portions of the former president's video deposition. Takapina said he was not sure, still, on the second day of trial. And the judge said basically should her get off the pot a Fisher cut bait. The judge said you have to answer this week, adding that uncertainty was an imposition on court security and staff. The court will resume at 10 a.m. today, Thursday, with Miss Carroll on the stand again. She's expected to face cross-examination from Trump's lawyers. That's going to be probably the most triggering part for Eugene and for those of us who are following the case. Um, I imagine all the same kinds of questions are going to come up that Women here, and people, I should say, here so often when they try to report a rape. And so um, we will be here on Friday to talk about it. And from the Post, the high-stakes standoff between two Florida heavyweights, Ron DeSantis and the mouse, Walt Disney. It escalated Wednesday when the company sued DeSantis over what it calls a relentless campaign to weaponize government power and squelch free speech. The lawsuit was filed minutes after the expected presidential contender's hand-picked board declared a Disney-friendly deal null and void. That's that contract, the one that that I had Ethan Behrman on to talk about how 21 years after the death of the final descendant of King Charles III uh, is how long Disney shall have this property. Well, now this board, this new board, despite that ironclad contract, said the deal was null and void. This is the latest tit-for-tat feud that began a year ago when the corporate giant took a stance against DeSantis-backed education bill, critics dubbed the Don't Say Gay bill. Now the fight between DeSantis and a hallmark of American childhood has turned so acrimonious, it's spilling into the 2024 presidential race and threatening to pose yet another challenge to putting fingers. He still has not announced his campaign, by the way. He might not. Stop polling very well. Everybody hates him. DeSantis's poll numbers have slipped 
quite a bit. Republican opponents are seizing on the feud to cast him as a zealot bent on punishing a private enterprise over their opposition to one of his signature laws. Meanwhile, Disney is refusing to back down. And good for them. They're setting the stage for a protracted legal fight that has some Florida residents on edge. The outcome would have implications for DeSantis far beyond the Magic Kingdom, though analysts noted his base may be also drawn to a strong-arm approach against a large employer that even Democrats concede has enjoyed privileges other companies do not. DeSantis essentially picked the fight. That's what Doug Hay said, a longtime Republican strategist unaffiliated with any of the GOP presidential campaigns. So when you pick a fight and then you lose it, it's very easy to see real problems. Yeah, if you come from the mouse, you best not miss, right? The lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida on Wednesday accuses DeSantis of retaliation for Disney exercising its right to free speech, threatening its business operations, jeopardizing its economic future in the region and violating its constitutional rights. Quote, there is no room for disagreement about what happened here. Disney expressed its opinion on state legislation and was then punished by the state for doing so. It went on to accuse the governor and legislature of employing the machinery of the state. That's a quote to damage the company. Quote, state leaders have not been subtle about their reasons for government intervention. They have proudly declared that Disney deserves this fate because of what Disney said. DeSantis is on an international trade trip right now, but a spokeswoman called Disney's lawsuit another unfortunate example of their hope to undermine the will of the Florida voters. I don't see how that's a thing. Quote, we're unaware of any legal right the company has to operate its own government or maintain special privileges not held by other businesses in the state. That's Taryn Fenske, communications director for the governor's office. Well, it does. And from Rutenberg at the Times, this is interesting. The day before Dominion Voting Systems defamation trial against Fox News was set to begin in a Delaware courthouse, the Fox board of directors and top executives made a startling discovery that led to the breaking point between the network and Tucker Carlson. Private messages sent by Carlson that had been redacted in legal filings. These are, you remember how we've been saying, holy shit, this is just the stuff we can see. There's a bunch of stuff that's still redacted that has to be just explosive. This is that shit. So Carlson uh, messages, private messages redacted in, in legal filings, showed him making highly offensive and crude remarks that went beyond the inflammatory and racist comments of his primetime show and beyond anything disclosed to us in the lead up to the trial. Beyond that. Despite the fact that Fox's trial lawyers had these messages for months, the board and some senior executives were just learning about them for the first time. And that set off a crisis at the highest level of the company. That's according to two people with knowledge. The discovery added pressure on the Fox leadership as it sought to find a way to avoid trial, where Mr. Carlson, not to mention so many others at the network, would be questioned about the contents of those private messages on the stand. Two days after the board's discovery, Fox settled that case. We know $787.5 million. Now, several people with knowledge of Fox's discussions said that the redacted messages were a catalyst for one of the most momentous decisions Fox and its leaders, Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, have made in years to sever tie, to fire Tucker, the highest rated and highly profitable primetime program, Tucker Carlson. Now, the company fired him Monday with a phone call from Suzanne Scott company executives have indicated that a variety of factors fed into the decision to fire him after Fox stood by him for years as he drew protest 
and at advertiser boycotts for trafficking in conspiracy theories and narratives of white grievance, you know, great replacement theory. But they acknowledged that the discovery of what was in those redacted text messages was a factor in his ultimate dismissal. His text, by the way, I know, you're like, what did they say? What was in them? Well, we could still find out because they could factor into the pending defamation suit from Smartmatic. Smartmatic has said, we aren't settling for $787 million. We're hit with, it's going to be way higher than that. And we want a public retraction. And we are going to trial without those things. So we could see him in that trial. And we have the Abby Grossberg suit. They could come out there because she is alleging a hostile and discriminatory work environment by Tucker Carlson. And that might be why Abby Grossberg's lawyer, every time he's on TV, is like, looks like he just wants to tell us something, you know. But in a related story from Rolling Stone, Fox News executives have in their possession a dossier of dirt on Tucker should he attack the network in the wake of his being fired. That's according to eight sources. And that's an exclusive from Rolling Stone. When Fox announced Carlson's departure on Monday, the network presented the separation as amicable. But according to one former on-air Fox personality, the anchor and some of the channel's top executives are parting ways on the worst and messiest possible terms. Indeed, in private communications released last month as part of the Dominion Fox lawsuit, the now-fired host gossiped that one such exec hates us, claiming she was covertly working against him and the other hosts. But if Carlson attempts to torch the network, there's mutually assured destruction. Fox is prepared with this oppo research. Let them fight. <laughs> have, how many times have I said they'll destroy each other from within? Gop will eat itself, right? And here's some cool news. The We Build the Wall campaign fundraisers and Bannon co-conspirators Brian Colfage and Andrew Botolato were sentenced to prison on Wednesday for their role in defrauding hundreds of thousands of donors and stealing the proceeds. That's according to the DOJ. And now we know DOJ likes to bring defrauding donors lawsuits. Makes me think about the Save America PAC and the non-existent election defense fund. But these guys were sentenced, Colfage, to 51 months in prison. That's just over four years. And Botolato, three years in prison. Colfage and Botolato both pled guilty. That's for a guilty plea. Imagine a not guilty plea. You get more time for that, by the way. At least one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The crime carries a maximum sentence of 20 years. So, like I said, three to five years for one of those max 20-year sentences if you're a white-collar criminal with no priors. So that's about right. But this is with a guilty plea. You think Donald and Sidney Powell and her pack will plead guilty to defrauding donors? Something tells me no. But these are pretty easy cases to prove. The two were also handed three years of supervised release probation. Colfage is 41. Ah, he's a baby. He was ordered to forfeit $17.8 million and pay $2 million in restitution. Botolato, 58, has to forfeit $1.4 million and pay the same amount in restitution, $2 million. U.S. District Judge Annalisa Torres also ordered forfeiture of over $1.3 million in funds by We Build the Wall and property in New Mexico, where the group had started constructing part of the wall, according to the DOJ press release. 
The fraud perpetrated by Colfage and Botolato went well beyond defrauding individual donors, Torres said, mentioning that the case could have a chilling effect on political donation, which hurts us all. Now, although Trump pardoned Bannon for this on federal charges for his role in We Build the Wall, don't forget, Bannon was indicted for these crimes in September of last year in New York State on charges including money laundering and scheming to defraud donors. He pled not guilty in both the federal and the New York cases. In the end, Bannon may be sorry he didn't plead guilty and face the federal charges because the state charges, which cannot be pardoned by any president, could land him in Rikers instead of club fed and for longer. His trial begins in November. Merry Christmas. And a longtime murder board favorite, founding member of the Fugees, Pras Michelle, was found guilty in federal court today of 10 counts related to an international conspiracy reaching the highest levels of the U.S. government, including Donald Trump. The Grammy-winning artist, former member of the Fugees, faced multiple counts over the failed conspiracy to help Malaysian Prime Minister, excuse me, not Prime Minister, I always have Zoolander in my head, Kill the Malaysian Prime Minister, Malaysian businessman, Joe Lowe, and the Chinese government, he helped them gain access to U.S. officials, including Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Michelle was found guilty of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., witness tampering, and acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. Farah. He faces up to 20 years in prison, so probably four to seven, maybe a little bit more because he went to trial. No sentencing date has been set yet. And special counsel Jack Smith has expressed an interest in audio tapes recorded by former Fox News producer Abby Grossberg while she worked at the Right Wing Network. Now, I've been accidentally calling her Abby Grossman. I apologize for that. Her name is Grossberg. I'm super sorry. That interview she did uh, with Nicole Wallace was amazing. It, it was on Tuesday. If you have a chance to go back and watch or listen to Abby Grossberg's interview with Nicole Wallace on Deadline White House, I highly recommend it. Now, Grossberg attorney Jerry Filippatos appeared right after that segment on Ari Melbourne and told CNN Wednesday that he had given a spreadsheet to the special counsel's team, Jack Smith, detailing the nearly 90 audio tapes in Grossberg's possession. And talks are underway for a subpoena. That's, you know, Andy and I on Jack, on the Jack podcast, we talk about a friendly subpoena. That's what this is. So Grossberg can turn the material to Smith's team, turn it over. And these, this team of federal prosecutors at Jack Smith's office are investigating efforts by the former guy to overturn the 2020 election. So they aren't necessarily investigating Fox. And... Um, Andy and I will talk about what they're looking at, but we did a little bit already on this past episode of the, of the Jack podcast. But we're in the process of negotiating a targeted subpoena for Abby's electronic data so they can have what they want. That's what Filippato said. And we knew already, because we talked about it on the, the episode of Jack that's out now, the one that came out this past Sunday, we knew that multiple law enforcement agencies had asked Filippato's for these. But it was specifically on Tuesday that he, he laid out one of the law enforcement agencies is Jack Smith. He did that in the, in the MSNBC interview with Ari. And again, Andy and I are going to talk about what's in those recordings, how it could impact the special counsel probe. Do that all in the next episode of Jack out this Sunday. And in a related story, two of Donald Trump's defense lawyers now believe that classified briefings of phone calls with foreign leaders 
were among, quote, all manner of documents in those 15 boxes Trump returned to the National Archives a year after he left the presidency. And that's according to a 10-page letter his lawyer sent to Congress. This organization of the materials indicates that the White House staff simply swept all documents from the president's desks and other areas into boxes where they have resided ever since. That's what the two lawyers, Parlator and Trusty, wrote to the GOP, Chair, House of the Intelligence Committee, on Wednesday. And then why not give them back when they were subpoenaed? If they were just sitting in a box and you had no idea, completely unawares, as I am wont to say. Why not go, oh, 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 yeah, here, oh, I have, yes, 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 here, here, please, take, take with you. Be on your merry way. Sorry about that. Peace. That's what Biden did. That's what Pence did. And we know what Trump did. So I doubt, I really, really doubt Especially now that we have evidence that after the subpoena happened, Trump went through some of the boxes and apparently hid or misled some of his team as to where those documents were. Now, the lawyer's characterization not only reveals new details about the documents, we now know that they're transcriptions of phone calls with leaders, some of them at least, but also comes as part of a broadside against the Justice Department's investigation into Trump over the classified documents that lays out talking points for Republicans as they try to portray the probe as politically motivated. Jack Smith, I'm sure, saw this coming. And now he has their roadmap. Thanks. The lawyers urge Congress to tell the Justice Department to stand down, even as Jack Smith's probe has shown signs of nearing its end. And even though Congress doesn't have the power to to make the Justice Department stand down. Stupid. Just dumb on every point. You've given away your defense. You've told them that he had classified documents he wasn't supposed to have. And you're trying to get the DOJ to stand down. <laughs> so dumb. All right. Tune into Jack on this, you know, this weekend for, for more information. Lastly, oh, this gets my blood boiling from Robbins at the Times. It seems as though Montana House Republicans learned nothing from their cousins in the Tennessee State House. The Montana House of Representatives took the extraordinary step on Wednesday of blocking a transgender lawmaker from the House floor for the remainder of the legislative session, boxing out 11,000 Montanans from their representation. This is after an escalating standoff over her remarks on transgender issues in House debate. The vote was 68 to 32. That's how lopsided this House is. Republican-controlled chamber. The Speaker adjourned the session immediately after the vote. The blocked lawmaker, Representative Zoe Zephyr, will still be allowed to cast votes during her House proceedings for the remainder of the session, but she must do so remotely. She can't be there to represent her people. Now, this move is the culmination of a weeks-long battle between House leadership and Ms. Zephyr, who was barred from participating in deliberations on the House floor after she made impassioned comments during debate over a bill that would prohibit hormone treatments and surgical care for transgender youth. This bill has since been sent to Governor Greg Gianforte, who has indicated he will sign it. Basically signing a death sentence for for many kids. It was a second eye-catching vote in a matter of weeks by Republican legislative majority, punishing dissent over a fractious issue. Earlier this month, as we know, Republicans in Tennessee ousted two Democratic state lawmakers over a gun control protest. Both have since been returned to their seats. 
ahead of special elections later this year. Speaking from the floor, Ms. Zephyr said she was rising up in defense of her constituents from Missoula, of her community, and of democracy itself. Quote, when the speaker asked me to apologize on behalf of decorum, what he's really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. He's asking me to be complicit in this legislature's eradication of our community. Again, I look forward to the microscope being placed now on Montana House Republicans. As Tennessee House Republicans now face potential criminal charges for not living in the city they represent, and one guy had to resign for sexual harassment accusations brought to light under this national spotlight. You embarrass yourselves. You bring it upon yourselves. All right, everybody. Really incredible conversation coming up with Jesse Frieden, photographer, and such an important project that he's working on. I can't wait for you to hear about it. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Ah, sleep. It is something we all need but don't always get enough of, especially these days. And for years, I struggled with finding the perfect mattress that would provide me with the comfort and support I needed for a good night's rest. That was until I discovered Helix Sleep. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute online sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. At Helix Sleep, they know everyone has different preferences when it comes to the perfect mattress. They offer a range of options for that reason. Whether you like a soft, medium, or firm mattress, Helix has you covered. They even have a Helix Plus mattress designed specifically for plus-size individuals. And with their cooling technology... Ladies, you can stay comfortable no matter the season and no matter your age. I get hot flashes all the time, and this is amazing. So I took the quiz myself. I was matched with the Helix Midnight. It's perfect for me because I'm a side sleeper. I prefer a medium firm feel. And since getting my Helix mattress, I've been sleeping better than ever. It's a huge upgrade from what I used to have. And the delivery and setup process was fast and easy. I love how soft it is uh, while still providing me the support that I like. But don't just take my word for it. Helix has received numerous accolades, including being named the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And with a 10 or 15 year warranty, depending on the model, and a 100 sleeps risk-free trial, you cannot go wrong. Say goodbye to restless nights and hello to better sleep with Helix Sleep. Right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So you know how much importance I place on citizen journalism and independent journalism and storytelling and why that is so important, uh, because it helps like sort of remove the ability for people to gaslight when you feel like you're not alone. And And there's so many important projects out there, and I wanted to highlight one today. It's called Are You Okay? It's a trans survival project, and here to discuss it is the creator, photographer, Jesse Frieden. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I absolutely adore what you are doing here because for me, myself, my story is my military sexual trauma survival and how I can tell that story so that people who have gone through what I've gone through or something close to what I've gone through don't feel like they're alone and and feel more okay. And that's why I love the title, Are You Okay? Talk about this, this kind of storytelling and what, what made you want to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you really hit on the core value of this project, which is uh, showing trans and non-binary youth all around the country that they are not alone. 
I've been for the past two and a half years traveling around the country, specifically focusing on, on trans and non-binary youth under the age of 24 that have supportive families uh, in order to really reinterpret what we see and how we how we uh, interact with with this community with my community um, i think we need people to legislators and the population uh, in general to understand um, who is being directly harmed by anti-trans laws and that trans kids are deeply loved by their families and by loving them they will uh, thrive and survive it's not a political project it's simply about understanding how this community is in danger and how we can help them. Yeah. And we know this because, you know, like here in San Diego, we work closely with the center, the LGBTQ center about uh, helping prevent trans youth depression and suicide and, and everything that sort of comes with these nationwide attacks on transgender youth with, you know, trying to ban transgender youth from playing sports, trying to stop gender-affirming care for trans youth, Mm -hmm. including mental health care, trying to stop, you know, genital inspections, like to to play sports, just absolutely horrifying and disgusting things. And the pressure that that can put on trans youth and what the outcomes are when we don't reach out and tell our stories and show people that, that they aren't by themselves. So so talk a little bit about the the mechanics of this project. What is it? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I um, I photographed uh, kids and families in more than half the states in the country. Um, I've uh, compiled, you know, portraits and testimonies of over 130 kids so far. I've traveled 16,600 miles. And, uh, you know, j- just like you said, this project, it's it's not political. It is about the harms that are being done uh, by our government right now, uh, directed at the trans non-binary community, not just kids, but adults in states, so many states in our country right now, it is illegal for kids uh, to have any kind of affirming health care, um, play sports. Uh, kids are being taken away from their parents by um, CPS. If you think of any other moment in, in American history when a large population has been denied necessary health care, the only reason that's happening is because someone wants to annihilate this population. It's being politicized. All these stories are being told, but um, this project, Are You Okay?, is a way for me to create empathy um, and teach people who is being who, who is being harmed by these laws and how dangerous they are. Yeah. And a lot of these red states, the goal is to create cruel legislation to chase people out of their state that might vote for Democrats and, you know, seize power over the entire state. We see this, this, this interstate compact plan and, and that that's how they want to appoint presidents and, and continue their, their cruel acts against marginalized people. What is your personal connection to this? What prompted you? Mm-hmm. How are you impacted by this personally? Yeah, I, I think it's so crucial in times of strife for marginalized populations to tell their own stories and to speak up. Like you were saying, there does not need to be any gatekeeping to journalism and to telling stories. So, um, you know, for many, many years, I had a great business doing private commission portraiture. And I finally, as a member of the trans and queer community, I got angry enough 
uh, when I started seeing the bathroom bills years ago. And then, you know, even two or three years ago, we only had a few of these anti-trans laws on the, on the bills, on the docket. Now there's over, I think, 450, maybe 500 laws. Mm-hmm. So I got angry enough to uh, close my studio and, and uh, focus on this full time. Um, I, I don't love the word trans for myself. I've always been male in this exact way. But I am part of the community, and I want people to understand that because I want other people to feel like they can tell their own stories as well. Yeah, uh, I I agree, and and something that I've I've noticed too is is that sometimes these political issues can drive a wedge within the community itself. There are now efforts to try to turn the LGB against the T and the Q, and the true origins of this I don't believe are within the community itself, and and that. Uh, is also frightening. So I think that this also pulls communities together and not just within LGBTQ+, but also with allies. So tell me a little bit about what you've seen with allies, you know, as you've gone through this project and through this process. Yeah. So what I'm doing now after photographing for this past few years, I am using this project as an educational presentation and exhibit to go into schools, you know, corporations that have DEI initiatives, conferences so that I can teach allyship in a new way, something that goes beyond the pronouns 101 kind of talk that is a little bit old. I grew up in the 80s and 90s and we were taught tolerance. And people thought tolerance was so exceptional, um, <laughs> you know, which is which is very sad. You know, then it went to acceptance and then it went to allyship. What we're at now is exactly like you said, the queer community is being, you know, broken apart. We cannot just have allies doing, you know, re- reposting someone else's thoughts or, you know, putting a little rainbow flag on your Facebook profile. We are far beyond that. We are past the five alarm fire drill going off. We are in the throes of fascism and annihilation, um, not just in the trans and non-binary community, but so many communities. So what I teach when I talk about this is that you have to find ways to get involved that you cannot rely on your trans non-binary adult friends to teach you that if you are a true ally, you are an activist. An action is the key word. So we've gone from tolerance and, you know, when I was a kid to what I believe is as radical activism. If you're not hitting the streets and speaking to people who need to be spoken to, you you need to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that can be as simple as, you know, doing postcard writing campaigns for candidates who will fight back against some of these bills or uh, some of these laws being enacted or giving to the ACLU or helping Mark Elias in his democracy docket. Or, I mean, there's a million ways to, to go about it. But I think one of the most powerful ways is is that personal experience and that storytelling. Right. So many people throughout my tenure of telling my story have have said to me, thank you. Uh, you know, I don't feel alone anymore. When I first told my story publicly in a, in, a, in a film, in a documentary, and was able to go and see it and see all the other people saying the exact same thing, I was like, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm, I don't feel crazy anymore. And I and that's why I think this kind of work is so important. So I want you to tell everybody where they can support this project, first of all, because I know that it definitely deserves and needs support, but also where they could enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
and learn from it? And what can they do with it to increase allyship or spread the word as, as a tool perhaps in their own city councils or school boards or libraries or et cetera? Because this is, I think, something that can be, is a tool to also be utilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do see it as a tool right now. So um, there's a website, which is ruokportraits.com. And on the website, there's a lot of stories. There are some audio clips of the interviews that I do with all the sitters. There is a resources tab that has some resources for trans and non-binary youth, some support groups, some you know information for parents. Um, this is all crowdfunded, and it costs a lot to go around the country. So there's a way to uh, donate to get involved. And there's also my favorite new part of the website is the programming tab that talks about how people can bring me into their library, um, their school, the university, etc to hear about this project, just have me talk about it and really be um, educated through this narrative uh, lens and and, um, get some suggestions on how to be allies and really let these kids' faces and stories teach them um, what's happening and how how to get involved. Yeah. Or if you own yourself or know somebody who does or you're adjacent to a gallery or, a, you know, any any way to help tell these stories, because you're, you know, it's not this isn't just your story with me. It's just my story with you. It's it's so many stories. And uh, and also, I want to mention full disclosure, the woman who edits this podcast has helped uh, with some of the editing and sound on on your interviews as well. So I want to uh, thank Desiree for that. But I, I really encourage you to go from that tolerance that we had in the 80s to the, to the activism that we need today. Uh, you can do that simply by just looking at this project, seeing what you can do locally, or even perhaps helping support it financially, because I think it's truly, truly important that we get these stories out there, especially with these multimedia conglomerate legacy media things, snatching up all the local newspapers and and we, you know, we just, we really have to rely on each other right. uh, to get these stories out. Yeah. So I really thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think it's so important for us to be in control of the information we share. And that's a great way to be an ally. Don't rely on the New York Times and these biased conglomerates. Let the community speak for itself. Find um, the journalists that are queer and trans that are telling our stories. And a great way to be an ally is, you know, share our story so that if you can just sit down and listen to what these kids have to say and see their beautiful faces and see their strength and mm-hmm. extreme joy in the midst of annihilation, if that doesn't help educate you and 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 get you on our side, then you know I don't, I don't know what will. So. Yeah, it's it's so powerful. It's absolutely so powerful. Way more powerful than like a New York Times headline about you know forced genital inspections. Why this is bad for Joe Biden or whatever they're you know whatever headline they're going to churn out. Or we talked to three diners at the Cracker Barrel in East Lansing, and here's what they have to say. You know, it's like enough of that. Let's get it right from the horse's mouth. Let's go right to the source and really, really lock down on understanding these stories and what people are going through and how we can help. So thank you very, very much. The project is called Are You Okay? The website is areyouokportraits.com. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time, Jesse Frieden. Thanks so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's time to power up this spring with Factors Ready to Eat Meal Kits, America's top choice for chef-prepared nutritious meals. I love these. 
Their delicious dishes are conveniently delivered to your door, freeing up your time and energy to tackle your to-do list. Whether you're a busy professional or a health-conscious individual or both, Factor makes it easy to maintain a healthy lifestyle without sacrificing taste or convenience. The convenience part is amazing to me, and the flavor is outstanding. See, Factor lets you enjoy hassle-free, clean eating. Choose your meals, enjoy fresh, flavor-picked meals straight to your door, delivered right to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess, no dishes. I love it. Head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50. Use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. I recently tried my favorite balsamic glazed chicken with butternut squash. It was so good. The chicken was perfectly cooked, moist. It had a delicious tangy flavor from the balsamic glaze. Oh, it was awesome. And you could skip the grocery store, skip cooking, skip the prep, skip the cleanup, and instead enjoy fresh, never frozen meals that are ready in two minutes. With 34 weekly options, there's always something new to choose. And with breakfast options like egg bites and smoothies, as well as over 45 add-ons to replenish your snack supply, I love the snacks, you can enjoy Factor Meals any time of day. Each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, so you know you're getting all the ingredients you want and all the nutrition you need and nothing that you don't want. Plus, you can even add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals to mix things up. Plus, Factor Meals are cheaper and faster than takeout. They allow you to save time and money. Stop spending 50 bucks a pop ordering food delivered to your door. Two minutes, heat and eat. Nutritious, delectable meals. Head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans5050 to get 50% off your first box. That's half off. That's code dailybeans50 at factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the mutt, what the heck wine, if you have a shout out to a local business in your area or your business, because I know we got a lot of makers and creators here, or if you want to tell me a funny idiom that you thought of or an aha moment you've had recently, or you want to show me your cats sitting in masking tape boxes that don't exist, but only as tape, anything you want to send us, pod pet picks, an adoptable pet in your area, if you don't have a pet to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact from anonymous correction. Ooh, I love corrections. Good morning, ladies. I do so enjoy starting off my day with the beans. While listening to this morning's broadcast, I did notice an error. Just thought I'd bring it to your attention. Abby Grossberg is the Fox producer. I heard you refer to her as Abby Grossman, AG. I think that was an error from some original depositions. Could be. Also, probably because I have like 10,000 pieces of information in my head at any given moment. And, you know, we called it in high school the bucket theory. My head can only hold so much information. And as soon as a new piece of information comes in, boop, something is out. So I think it might have been that. Uh, I do so enjoy your insightful, intelligent commentary and appreciate you keeping me up on the news. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you for everybody who sent me corrections on Abby Grossberg's name. I do apologize. From Aditi, pronouns she and her. Hello, my favorite ladies of the pod. Love you as always. Especially love the glee with which you're presenting the stories about the two firings. Quick pronunciation guide. I think the name you're saying is Vivek Ramaswamy, which is Vivek Ramaswamy. All right, great. A Ramaswami. So maybe there's two, like a Aami. I've exaggerated the stresses, but they really should just be the slightest stretches. Vivek Ramaswami. 
for pet tax. I'm attaching a photo of my dachshunds. Katie, Heidi, rhymes with Heidi. Thank you for the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the pronunciation key. And Mimi. Kaidi is the black one and Mimi is the brown one who was recently diagnosed with IVDD, but she's doing well. Thanks for the news and the laughs. And look at these babies that love each other in the sun with plants. You're girl, you're good with plants. I am not a Didi, but these are beautiful, beautiful babies. And I love the owl pot too with the plant. It's so cute. Thank you for that and your sunshine puppies. Next up from Meow Goodness, pronouns he and him. Hello, Beans Queens. I've been listening to The Daily Beans for several months now and started the Jack podcast from its beginning. I just recently began listening to and enjoying the Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast. Thank you. The hat trick of AG podcasts. (laughs) I'm looking forward to meeting AG, Andy and Pete Sunday at the DC Happy Hour. Hell yeah. I was owned uh, by as many as 13 cats at one point, but that's whittled down to two now. For pet tax, I start with a pick of my current boys, Dude 2, Orange Tabby, and his minion, the Gray Tabby. The other cat pick is, uh, let's see, Flamibo, rest in peace, who was a crazy box sitter here, pictured sitting in one of my desk drawers. I'm also including a frog that was in my pond last summer. I haven't seen any frogs around the pond so, so far this year, but I'm keeping a watch out for them. Well, thank you, meow goodness, pronouns he and him. Uh, when you approach us, on the Sunday, let us know. Remind me that you sent me this and that you are meow goodness. Thank you for this. Oh, look at that flame point baby. I had a flame point just like this. His name was Dipstick because <laughs> he's mostly white, but he's got that orange uh, at the end of his tail. He looked like a dipstick and he was cross-eyed, so it kind of worked too. Sort of derpy. Oh, and thank you for the frog. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you. From Melanie, pronouns she and her, from rural western North Carolina, North Kakalaka. Hey, beans queens. I unsubscribed from Dish Satellite way back because they refused to let me have a non-Fox subsidized package, as with all cable satellite services. So I have no live TV options in my home. Therefore, I've been very deliberate about where I get my news from. Your pod is one of my few trusted sources. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much for all you do to present factual news with humor to keep me from falling apart through the insanity of the attempted authoritarian takeover of today's fascist MAGA Republican Party. Yeah, agreed, Melanie. Early 2017, I decided that my part in helping to steer the democracy ship back toward the light would be tackling our right-wing media anger-fear addiction pandemic. It's felt hopeless most of the time. The cure is still somewhere in the future, but seeing Fox hosts and execs finally being outed in provable ways by seeing them admitting to knowingly lying to our loved ones for years gives me hope that we're at least beginning to have tools to treat the symptoms of the disease of this pandemic. I pray that people I care about will soon break out of their addiction to toxic right-wing media hate. We must create a world where love guides us instead, love of humans and all life alike. You offered artisans to send pics of our creations. I'm an environmentalist who handcrafts sustainable, affordable, lightweight, reclaimed wood jewelry and ornaments. How cool. I wholesale to galleries and gift shops. I had taken a few years off to work an unrelated job, so I'm rebuilding my business. I create designs that are meaningful in how we can come together, heal, and thrive as humans. And as part of the intricate weave of all life on Mother Earth, my Etsy shop is etsy.com slash Melanie's Meadow. M-E-L-A-N-I-E-S, Melanie's Meadow, M-E-A-D-O-W. 
Thank you again for all you do, Allison, Dana, and Team Beans, Melanie. These are so beautiful. I love the fish and the moon. I want that one, and I want the tree. And there's some sage. I want all this. This is so incredible. The hands, the the power fists are incredible too. Oh, these are so cool. A sacred spiral. Look at that with sunbeams. I love these. These are incredible. I, I can't wait to visit your store on Etsy. Thank you so much, Melanie. Ah, uh, from Lola Gale. Pronouns she and her. I just want to hear y'all guffaw. Grace call being weird again. Lola, I've already laughed at this photo online so many times. I know you posted it a few days back. Lola, uh, Lola Gale says, love to AG, DG, Amy, and everyone behind the scenes making this entire community and movement happen. A big mad love to everybody listening. Look at him. <laughs> oh, it's Grayskull, who I wanted. Remember? I was like, you need to send him to me. I want Grayskull. And you're like, no, I'm just going to keep them all. I was like, damn it. I love Grayskull. And look at how he's sitting all human and weird. It's so great. Thank you for sending that in. I, I, I'm, I'm glad everybody's going to get to see it now. Next up from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. My daughter-in-law works at a daycare and takes my three-year-old granddaughter with her. They get up really early to open the daycare for working parents. Today, when my daughter-in-law woke up and woke June up, June stated, you really need to stop waking me up to go to work. I don't get paid, so I want to sleep. <laughs> Oh, perfect shit kids say. I'm still laughing. Love you gals. Keep up the great work. For pet tax, I'm sending a pic of our schnoodle wawa. Look at that little baby. Is that a puppy? Looks like a puppy. It's adorable either way. Thank you, Anonymous, for that. I don't get paid. I want to sleep. It's amazing. Ah, and thank you for the photo of Grayskull. And thank you for this amazing jewelry. Again, that's Melanie's Meadow. Etsy.com slash Melanie's Meadow. These are really, really beautiful. Um, and thanks for the flame point and the two kitties. Meow goodness. I'll see you Sunday. And uh, Aditi, thanks for the puppers. And thanks for all the corrections on Ms. Grossberg's last name. You guys are amazing. Uh, we have one more day tomorrow. Let's make it a good one. I wonder what the news fairy will bring. But uh, I'll be here with you and we'll go over it. You can send your good news in at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.